the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Uh, Tonight, in our first uh, two segments, we're going to talk to Dave Greenspan, state representative, and get an update on what's going on in the State House in Columbus. Dave, thank you, as always, for joining us. Oh, I appreciate the time to be on with you. Yeah, you know what happens uh, these months? Again, I keep saying this, keep going by so quickly. Uh, I'd like summer to sort of take its good old time, but uh, it's flying by already. It is. It is. Well, it's, it's, you know, even though, interestingly, the we're, we're technically at a summer recess, it doesn't mean the work doesn't continue. And, and I find myself just as busy, if not busier now, than, than I did during the, uh, or I do during the period to which we're in session. I see. Uh, yeah, what do our legislators do during this summer when you're out of session? What, what kind of things do you have to get done? Well, uh, it you know it depends. If you look if you look at the two year cycle that we're in, um, in the House, the senator are elected for four year terms. It, it my experience so far, my first term is is the first year, which was last year's summer recess. I spent my time focused on crafting legislation to be presented. You know, later in the year, continuing to have interested party meetings. You know, last summer. The two primary pieces of legislation that I worked on uh, was House Bill 415, which is the local road improvement fund um, piece of legislation, which is in the Senate. And I also spent a considerable amount of time working on the Ohio Anti-Bullying Anti-Hazing Act, which also currently is in the Senate. So, you know, a lot of us spend our times differently. I spent my time uh, legislatively and in Columbus, and I was still going to Columbus uh, last summer, one to two days a week to work on those pieces of legislation and other matters, constituent issues, and then obviously back in the district during the, the summertime is often our festivals and different types of you know events that continue on uh, you know throughout throughout the summer. And this summer is a little different in that um, you know it's 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 a re-election uh, season, so there's some some activities related to that that we focus on. Uh, once again, you still have the festivals. Uh, I was asked by the speaker uh, just recently in the last few weeks to work on a new piece of legislation uh, dealing with gaming in Ohio. And as we recall, um, not too long ago, the U.S. Supreme Court allowed the states to consider and at their discretion offer uh, gaming, um, you know, sports bet gaming in every state. And so... Um, the speaker asked me to consider carrying a piece of legislation, which we just introduced, House Bill 714, uh, that focuses. And the bill, bill, as it's written now, is one of the least worded bills uh, in its initial uh, introduction. But obviously, we anticipate 
substituting the bill with significant substantive uh, uh, language. But the bill is it basically just states that Ohio is interested in considering the opportunity of looking at uh, at sports gaming. Well, what, what's, is, by the way, with regard to that, what, what sports are we talking about? Professional or college or all of those? Or what well, right, right. Limits. Yeah, right now, right now it's wide open. Right, um, wide open meaning that there's no specific language in the bill. And uh, over the over the summer um, and and into the fall, I would anticipate that that my office and we're working in conjunction with Senator Eklund and Senator O'Brien, Senator Eklund out of Geauga County, um, as we uh, our bill mirrors their bill, mirrors the Senate bill purposefully. Then the intent there was, and I've been actually given quite a few media interviews about this. You know, wh- why two bills, and why are they? You know, why is each chamber working on its own? I can tell you, the intent is is that we are not working on our own piece of legislation. As far as each chamber, my conversations with Senator Eklund are that we will consider working uh, collectively and collaboratively in each chamber on uh, our pieces of legislation so that they mirror each other as closely as possible. Because the one thing we want to do above all else, first of all, to determine is this something we want to do in Ohio? And if the, if the answer is yes, then how do we do it? And how do we do it in such a way that it is, it is the most effective and efficient um, and one that serves the residents of Ohio responsibly? So there are two bills one in the House and one in the Senate, but we're working with uh, with them collectively. So um, over the summer, and we're getting back to the original question, you know, this summer I plan on working on, on, on that piece of legislation and also working with my Senate colleagues on, I have eight pieces of legislation that are currently active in the Senate, working to effectively ensure that when we come back from recess, uh, which, which we have... Uh, I'll, I'll touch on this. We're actually being called in the session on Tuesday to deal with with uh, three concurrence bills uh, coming out of the Senate. Um, we'll, we'll, we have an if needed date in September. Will we come back actively in November? I want to make sure that the eight bills that I have in the Senate were able to negotiate and navigate through whatever challenges the Senate has with them, so we can effectively get them done between November and, and December 31st. I have. Uh, three bills in the House that I'm working on. One is, quote-unquote, below the black line, meaning it's been voted out of committee. That's the uh, Ohio checkbook bill. I want to ensure that that bill hits the floor in the House and then obviously goes over to the Senate. I'm still working on the hotel intermediaries, the tax loop, fixing the tax loophole uh, piece of legislation, and then now this new piece. So my goal, obviously, is to get you know the eight in the Senate done, the three that are in the House uh, over to the Senate and then work on them there. Uh, and so although we may not be in active session time, doesn't mean that we're not working. Uh, we also still obviously in our districts have constituent outreach issues. Uh, and and uh, I'm still conducting my donuts with Dave and we still have those events. We've got festivals coming up and, and uh, still accommodations and, and activities going on, whether they be uh, ribbon cuttings or pres- presentations of accommodations or speaking engagements. So as I said, we're, we're, we're just as busy now uh, as we have been. Uh, the speaker actually asked me to undergo another project for him, and I'm working with uh, Representative Reinecke out of Finley to uh, 
provide more context and clarity and guidance as it relates to staff development within the house. The house employs um, uh, over 100 individuals. Obviously, every every member has an aide, and uh, what we're working, the legislative aide, what we're working to do, Representative Reinecke, as well as our chief of staff, Sean Kasich, is develop a, a staff development plan that invests in our in our staff so that we can all become better um, better representatives of our district and respond more quickly and appropriately to our constituents to help resolve their issues. You know, with regard to constituent services, what kinds of things uh, have you found be coming in? Why would a person call their state legislator, and uh, what would they be asking? So what, what kind of things are, are you doing and the other legislators doing in that department? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, yeah, our office receives – It, it dep- I, I, I want to be very – very open in this, depending on what legislation is being presented, and not only by myself, but by other members, would dictate the amount of calls and the amount of inquiries that we receive. So so we do get calls not only on, on our legislation, people asking questions and inquiring, giving support or giving opposition, but we also get calls and, and, and emails and letters on legislation that's introduced by other members, and some, some in favor of and some, uh, you know, opposing. Uh, if you know we have we have a, a rule in our office and we try to live by it as best we can that if we receive a, a phone call email or letter into our office specifically from a member or constituent of our district uh, we respond and so we get calls about legislation that's pending we get calls about proposed legislation you know we have issues that are that our our residents uh, are dealing with that may be able to be solved legislatively sometimes just clarifying an issue but oftentimes on the legislative uh, aid front and providing guidance, uh, there are oftentimes our, our constituents have issues with Medicaid, with um, with other types of public assistance, with disability issues, um, you know, dealing with, with, with members of our community who have some form of disability, uh, navigating through on the, on the economic development front, uh, some of the challenges that, uh, that some of our business community is having with regulation, or, or just general business questions. You know, just recently, we went over to the uh, business gateway on a voluntary basis for businesses to be able to file their uh, their local sales tax, and, and the rollout had some challenges that we believe they've been worked out. But our office was engaged uh, since the beginning of July in working with our local business partners and our CPA firms who do a lot of this work and clarifying some of the challenges they've uh, been addressing. So there are a myriad of issues that come up. There, there typically isn't one. Uh, they run the gamut, and our staff, uh, we're working very hard to ensure that they are equipped to be able to respond um, with our constituents and, and resolve their issues. Our office has been, has been successful in doing so. Um, and another major issue, obviously, you know. Well, let, let's, sort of take, let's take a break now because it's coming up to break time. Uh, and we'll, we'll come back to the uh, other uh, issue. But uh, we're talking to Dave Greenspan for an Ohio legislative update, and he is kind enough to let us know what's going on in Columbus every month. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. 
You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. Advanced funeral planning is a good idea. Nick Phillips here for Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. When we were faced with the task of recording final wishes, we turned to the caring professionals at Bush. Thanks, Nick. Mark Bush here. We make it easy for you to get started. Download our Seniors Guide to Funeral Arrangements at bushcares.com or call 800-252-8724 and ask to speak with a funeral planning specialist. Visit bushcares.com. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our second uh, segment of The Advocate for tonight. And we're talking to Ohio legislature legislator Dave Greenspan, who joins us every month to talk about what's going on in Columbus. So, Dave, thank you again for joining us. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one, one of the things you're going to talk about, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, during the break, we were talking about the fact uh, that you went up to Canada uh, a week or so ago. As a matter of fact, uh, I was at the airport picking up a relative at about 4.30 in the morning uh, last week, and there I see Dave Greenspan, bright and bushy-tailed. Uh, you were heading off to Canada. Uh, can you tell us about that? How how effective and helpful was that for you? Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And then, you know, you ask sometimes, you know, what do legislators do during during the recess? And, and there are a number of conventions and conferences that occur over over that period of time. And, and I am fortunate. I believe I'm one of only two. Um, I know I am one of only two um, legislators, both in the House and Senate, from Ohio that sit on the executive committee of the Council of State Governments Midwest region, which comprises 11 states and four Canadian provinces. And I am also vice chair of the Economic Development Committee uh, for that conference, and I, I vice chair there. I, I'm the vice chair with two co-chairs, uh, one out of South Dakota, one out of Michigan. 
and, uh, and what the conference does and, and because it was in Canada because we rotate um, we rotate the location of the conferences uh, and actually Ohio is scheduled to host in 2024 next year it'll be in Illinois the year after it'll be in Michigan then South Dakota uh, and then we get it in 2024 so it was fortunate I was fortunate to go and represent the state of Ohio, represent the legislature. Um, and it, it's one of those fascinating conferences where we get together uh, with like-minded states, as in this case, the Midwest Midwest region. Uh, we are the easternmost state in that region. And, uh, you know, share ideas and, and talk about the challenges and opportunities we're facing in each of our states. And one of the greatest challenges in, in discussing through economic development that we talked about was uh, well one one opportunity was obviously how is it we can make our our states and our region more competitive um, nationally and globally. But number two in the second segment we talked about manufacturing, which obviously we know manufacturing is is a key driver here in the state of Ohio and more locally here in Northeast Ohio. And if I remember my numbers correctly, in the last I believe it's eight to ten years, Ohio has seen more growth in job in manufacturing jobs. Than any of the states within the uh, within within the, the CSG region, the 11 states, four Canadian provinces, which obviously tells me that we're on a resurgence path with manufacturing. But interestingly, and whether you're talking about the four Canadian provinces or whether you're talking about talking about the 11 Midwest states, one of the greatest challenges we're finding is is a competent workforce. And um, the, the challenge isn't and, and interesting. We had industry leaders there talking to our, you know, talking to our, our session, our panelists and our group about what they're seeing. And they're seeing the opening up of markets and they're seeing the, the expansion of intellectual property and the creation of new products. One of the challenges they're having is finding workforce competent and qualified to be able to fill their jobs that they have open. And these are no longer... You know, and this is one of the things we talked about. This is no longer an opportunity, by and large. And actually, the senator from um, from Michigan fit this bill, where you literally graduate high school on 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 a Friday and start working across the street at the manufacturing plant. Um, that's not an opportunity right now, uh, by and large. There are some secondary skills that need to take place in order in order to be able to to uh, fill these jobs and these opportunities. So that's something that they're working on uh, and, and something we talked about is what can we do in, in, in government to prevail to provide policy that would encourage those types of uh, opportunities for these manufacturers to continue and to expand. You know, when, when we think of the uh, economy and U.S. and Canadian relations, uh, what comes to mind uh, are the tariffs and uh, the apparent trade mm -hmm. war that's brewing out there. Was there any discussion about that, and, and how were the uh, Americans and Canadians getting along on that subject together? Yeah, that was interesting. There, there, there were some general discussions with the whole, with, you know, with, with all the attendees about tariffs and NAFTA and, and uh, you know, concerns that are being raised regarding the, uh, the you know, the, the current federal position on uh, imposing tariffs on effectively all all products, whether they're from the United States, I'm sorry, whether they're from Canada coming into the United States, or whether they're from Europe or Asia, or Latin America, and obviously the Canadians aren't. They express their displeasure with with uh, with uh, 
with, with the current policies coming out of Washington, and we were fortunate to have speak to us a, the former Canadian ambassador to the United States, who gave some some insight, and, and you know the the Canadian government obviously are pressing upon the United States to look at the, the two nations at least from a trade perspective, because not only do we have the largest um, unsecured and unmonitored by and large border between two nations. Uh, but we share a lot in common insofar as culture and uh, and ideals and values. So the, the, the Canadian government is obviously advocating for less less tariffs and less trade restrictions between the two countries, and I'm sure that those are discussions that are taking place in Washington right now. So at least everyone was uh, at least somewhat civil and friendly uh, during the discussions on, on the common economic issues that uh, both countries had locally. Uh, we, oh, yeah. Oh, there was... Like the, you know, the, the relations between the United States and Canada are very good. So, you know, we may disagree, and there may be disagreements on actions that each each nation nation uh, um, believes is in the best interest of its own residents and its own citizens. But the relationship between the two nations is is very good. I'd like to go to talking about uh, summertime again, and you mentioned summertime during an election year. Uh, you're, you're hitting parades and festivals and uh, chicken dinners and all of that stuff. Talking to a lot of people, what what seems to be the the top couple of topics that uh, ordinary people have concerning the state of Ohio and the Ohio government, things that you can do something about? Well, you know, it, it depends who you talk to, and it depends, you know, on where they are and what 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 they're looking for. Obviously, if you're looking at business, they're looking for more, you know, continued friendly business environment so they can continue to grow and expand. And, and the Secretary of State just released last week. Um, more numbers, you know, supporting the fact that Ohio's economy is growing by the number of business filings that continue to new business filings that are filed through his office. Um, we're, we're seeing, I was at a press conference about a month ago um, with the governor in Jobs, Ohio, where they were explaining that Ohio now in the last eight years has created over half a million new private sector jobs. So from an economic perspective, we're seeing things in the right direction. Um, we're seeing unemployment is low. You know, it, it, and and uh, and numbers came out again yesterday, which which even further supported that, which lowered our unemployment rate in Ohio to numbers we haven't seen in in a long time, and I believe it's almost half of where it was just eight years ago. I believe our unemployment eight years ago was about nine point five percent, somewhere in that range, and right now we're in the low fours, and uh, and so clearly there's an opportunity here for us to talk about. Um, expansive job growth and what we're seeing, some of the opportunities and, and, and challenges that, that continue to to raise um, and raise their head. And obviously, people come to me and talk to me about this because of my focus on local governments and infrastructure. Obviously, we want to see, and we just announced, state just announced last year, nearly a $650 million uh, budget surplus. Well, the bill that I have to provide road infrastructure would put about $325 million immediately from this year alone into roads and infrastructure throughout the state. Well, that's something, obviously, we want to see grow and expand. So people come to me for the issues they know I've been advocating for, which is support for our local governments, uh, which would include, in this case, uh, infrastructure. Um, some of the issues, obviously, uh, have been focused on the opioid uh, opioid issue. And although it doesn't seem to be getting the attention in the media that it did, you know, two or three years ago, there clearly is, is we clearly still have challenges here in Ohio. Uh, the $180 million that the House and Senate appropriated in the budget 
uh, is making its way into the economy. I believe we all will admit that it's not uh, it's not going to solve the issue, but we do believe it is making an impact. So obviously we keep hearing about some of the opioid-related issues. Um, those seem to be some of the primary issues. You know, unemployment is is moving downward, which is in the right direction. You know, we're focusing on infrastructure. We're focusing on job creation, which we're all seeing improvements there, even on the on the infrastructure front. When the governor a few years ago decided to bond out the turnpike proceeds, um, we the state has put nearly a billion dollars mm-hmm. back into road infrastructure projects to the state. So we are seeing incremental increases and improvements in some areas. We're seeing monumental uh, improvements in others. As I said, unemployment is half of what it was just eight years ago. So we're starting to see some well, those, issues those all sound, that are starting to, to become more positive in our state. Those sound, sound good. Uh, Representative Dave Greenspan, as always, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, have a good summer, and uh, don't, don't eat too much uh, fun food at festivals. That's right. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> right. that. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips & Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips & Millie at 440-243-2800. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I. 
at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about uh, the American, about two in particular. We're going to be talking about President Ronald Reagan, and we're going to be comparing him with President Donald Trump. And uh, with us to talk about that is no one better than John Highbush. John, how are you? Uh, great. Great to be with you, Nick. Well, well thank you for joining us tonight. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what what have you been doing to study Ronald Reagan and uh, have your opinions about President Bush? Tell us a little bit about your background. I, I read up on it, and it's quite an illustrious background. Well, I, I spent uh, the first part of my professional career um, in Washington, uh, D.C. I was born and raised there, and um, the entire Reagan presidency uh, from 1981 through 1989, I worked on Capitol Hill and had various roles there, um, most uh, particularly as Chief of Staff to a member of Congress, and I was also on the House Budget Committee staff during the Reagan years and spent a great deal of time um, protecting and promoting President Reagan's uh, defense buildup during the era. And I um, also was uh, Chief of Staff to Elizabeth Dole when she was Secretary of Labor under President Bush. I worked with her also at the Red Cross and also ran one of the big national party committees in Washington, the National Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, and helped elect Republicans to the United States Senate in 1996. And then I got some business experience, was one of the early people at Gateway Computers. And um, uh, from there, I I did pretty well. And uh, uh, Mrs. Reagan asked, um, uh, about uh, just about eight years ago, called me and asked if I'd have an interest in running uh, her husband's foundation, and uh, that's what I do today. I run the, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Library uh, in Simi Valley, California. Well, you, you certainly have established your credentials as, as far as knowing how Washington works uh, and uh, knowing the interplay and the and, and the types of personalities that, that are around that have to be dealt with. Um, with regard to President Trump, uh, Tell us about President Trump, and there have been people trying to make comparisons between Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan. What, what were those comparisons that that are out there, at least people are trying to establish? Yeah, you know, um, as individuals, um, between President Reagan and President Trump, you probably couldn't find two men more different um, in, from the standpoint of their styles, their personality, their character. Uh, um, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan, um, while he was an actor, he he um, he came from the political world in the sense that he served two terms as governor of one of the nation's largest states of California and had a lot of experience working um, in a bipartisan fashion um, with a state legislature. And uh, so by the time he came to Washington, while he was considered a real outsider and a conservative, he had a, a good deal of political experience in working on some really tough issues. and. Uh, President Trump, uh, as many Americans know, um, 
while he was involved in politics, you know, most especially as a as a as a donor or a fundraiser for various candidates, uh, he uh, didn't have um, uh, political experience. Had not been, uh, you know, a legislator or a governor. Um, so he came to Washington. Um, uh, I don't know, I'd say a similar frame of mind, a kind of a drain-the-swamp kind of a attitude, uh, similar to President Reagan. Um, but as it relates to at least the President Trump's first year in office, uh, um, he's uh, taken a very, very different tact uh, stylistically than President Reagan did. Um, where, they, where you find them to be especially close would be, I would say, in their political philosophies. Uh, President Trump, while there's a lot of noise about how he governs, um, his policies uh, day by day seem to take one page after another from the Reagan playbook. Um, and uh, they're uh, very conservative uh, policies, um, and uh, they match up a great deal in, in many respects. So very different men and styles, but uh, with similar outcomes as it relates to their political philosophy. Can, you give, us a couple, can you give us a couple of examples of the kinds of uh, items and types of uh, philosophical topics that they, they agree on that are, like you say, taken from the Reagan playbook? Yeah, well, I'll, we'll talk with one about one that uh, has come up just in the last couple of days, a strong national defense. I mean, President Trump is uh, strongly promoting the spending bill that will spend over $700 billion in the next year on the Department of Defense, and um, he's trying to restore um, health and, and uh, stability to our nation's defenses, and that, that's, a, that's a very Reagan-esque thing to do. Ronald Reagan spent eight years uh, building up our um, what were uh, some very depleted defense resources. So um, that's a, a perfect parallel. But there, you can also find uh, strong similarities in their interest in tax cuts and tax reform, and um, in the appointment of uh, conservative judges to the bench, to the federal bench, and to the Supreme Court. Uh, Reagan was very, very uh, deregulatory in nature, as is President Trump. President Trump has eliminated dozens and dozens of regulations that impede business, especially small business and mm -hmm. corporate uh, affairs. So uh, in that respect, there's a lot of similarities in the way of the policy. Well, well let's, let's talk about the most obvious thing, and then the difference is style, and I think you mentioned a few moments ago, uh, where Ronald Reagan was uh, often called the great communicator, and uh, listening to him and watching him smile while he talked and a gentle voice, uh, it was almost a pleasure to listen to, uh, no matter what he was saying. He, because I think of his background uh, and training and films and acting and so on, just gave him a natural presence that uh, was more on the positive side and the pleasant side. Donald Trump, on the other hand, is more confrontational, and uh, the style is totally opposite. Uh, how do those two styles play into how you think things are going? Well, um... I think, Nick, I think you've, you've, um, you've drawn the, the right distinctions in terms of their two styles and their personalities. Uh, President Reagan, um, he never had a majority in the House of Representatives during his entire presidency, uh, which was similar to uh, the state of play when he was governor of California. As a result, uh, in order to get things done, in order to get his agenda through, uh, he had no choice but to... Uh, work across the aisle and uh, to work with the media and to, um, you know, nurture them in such a way that uh, he could get enough votes to get um, his extraordinary um, program passed. And, and uh, 
And as a result, you saw him use exactly the, the style of personality you put your finger on. He, he, he had a gentle touch. He was a gentleman. Uh, he worked to make friends. Uh, he didn't want to make enemies. Um, and he knew in his day and age that in order to get his program through, he, had to, he didn't necessarily have to get the media on his side, but he certainly needed uh, them to uh, be the channel to get his message out. So he, we, while uh, many in the liberal media didn't like Ronald Reagan, um, uh, they, they at least, um, you know, um, worked, <laughs> allowed him to communicate as the great communicator he was. Well, I think the uh, media at the time found it hard uh, to be harsh against someone like Ronald Reagan. Uh, not yeah, so that's right. He was a gentleman, uh, you know, a, 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 a fellow that, I don't, regardless of what side of the aisle you were on, he just had such a good nature and a great sense of humor and uh, was an incredible storyteller, a master communicator. He's someone you wanted to like. And whether you disagreed with him or not, you, I, you know, I felt America wanted him to succeed. Uh, and, um, and he did succeed as a result. Uh, you know, the contrast in President Trump's case, I think he's got the backing of many Americans who agree with him on a lot of issues. It's just his style is such that um, uh, he, he doesn't uh, hesitate for a moment to uh, uh, make enemies or call out enemies and, and attempt to get what he's after through a, a, you know, a great struggle. And, and uh, so uh, no doubt that, that in terms of communicating and how they communicate what they're trying to get across, they're very, very different uh, ways of going about it. Well, it, it's certainly something that is uh, drawing a lot of uh, news every day from President Trump on uh, all the, the late-night show hosts uh, always having something to say. The, uh, the constant uh, Twitter uh, notes and messages that are coming out, uh, just uh, a fodder for the media. And, and to me, it's very distracting from those things you mentioned earlier, and that is playbook-type issues such as national defense and tax cuts in the economy generally that have to be attended to. And, and we're watching things happen from the economy with low unemployment and generally an up, upticked uh, stock market and so forth, that these things are all happening. So I, I think we're going to take a short break now. We're talking to John Highbush uh, from the Reagan Foundation. And uh, we're talking about comparing Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. And we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about some of the other issues uh, surrounding maybe the mental status of both presidents and what's uh, true and what's myth or what's our suspicion. So we'll be right back again with uh, John Highbush. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips & Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips & Millie at 440-243-2800. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hello, Mark Bush for GreaterThanHeroin.com. Our nation, our state, our county, and our local communities are in the midst of this crisis. It saddens us at Bush. We see firsthand the final outcome impacting families when overdose deaths occur. GreaterThanHeroin.com is a resource for everyone. Join us in our efforts. Email feedback at greaterthanheroin.com to help us defeat this crisis. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. Uh, Tonight we're talking about uh, Ronald Reagan and a comparison between Ronald Reagan as president and uh, also Donald Trump. Uh, We've been talking to John Highbush, from the Reagan Foundation, talking about uh, the comparisons of the two with regard to policies and, most importantly, style. Uh, John, thank you again for joining us. Happy to be with you, Nick. You know, uh, as we were talking about style being perhaps the most obvious uh, uh, issue between the two presidents, going back to the years of uh, Ronald Reagan and then subsequent to his presidency, uh, the ultimate, we all know the ultimate diagnosis of Alzheimer's and uh, ultimately the terminal phase of President Reagan's life. But uh, there there was criticism during his presidency that he wasn't altogether engaged with being president. And I think uh, there's some talk that maybe President Reagan's Alzheimer's was in existence while he was president. Uh, and, and you have some information. You, you're there at the Reagan Foundation. Uh, what What's the truth to that situation and that issue? Um. 
it's an important issue, Nick. Um, the truth is that the entire eight years of the Reagan presidency, um, Ronald Reagan had all his faculties about him. He was uh, absolutely lucid and uh, a brilliant, uh, frankly, intellectual, very well-read and well-spoken. And, um, you know, he might have been in his 70s while in office, but uh, he had all his faculties about him completely. A myth um, essentially erupted post his presidency as a result of a couple of books, uh, one in particular uh, written by Bill O'Reilly that um, established a theory that uh, when President Reagan was shot early in 1981, that this somehow um, set him on a terrible physical and mental course, and in which case he never really fully recovered. And in fact, he implies that the president uh, uh, was not well enough to even hold the office. Well, um, you know, history um, completely uh, defies all that. Uh, you know, you can go to Reagan's absolute last speech in the Oval Office and see that he was perfectly in control of, of, of everything. Um, uh, it's just uh, on occasion, um, the, the, you know, the Reagan Foundation has to go forward and erase some of these myths uh, that, that have come forward from folks like O'Reilly. Um, and in the most recent respect, this happened uh, as a result of people questioning President Trump's own sanity. And I, I think that's been erased now as well. You know, it's one thing if you disagree with someone like President Trump, um, but some disagree with him so violently that they want to apply that the, the man's essentially insane. And, um, you know, they, they, there was a little bit of that during the Reagan presidency, but I think everyone is, you know, got their faculties about them and figured out that uh, both presidents are perfectly mentally health, uh, you know, have better mental health in office and, you know, political disagreements notwithstanding, some of these myths have to be uh, erased, otherwise history is just uh, broken, essentially. Well, when President Reagan was shot, uh, do I recall correctly he was shot in the abdominal area? Yeah, he was, uh, the bullet actually ricocheted off of the limousine and it struck the president in the abdomen and lodged about a half an inch from his heart. And uh, the near-death experience with President Reagan was as a result of him losing, losing over half of his blood. Uh, he collapsed when he walked into the emergency room, and we almost lost President Reagan, but fortunately the doctors at George Washington Hospital were able to bring him back and save him. Well, as you're mentioning that uh, there's basically theories being advanced that that shot to the abdomen somehow started uh, some mental decline. Is there any medical support for that? No, no medical support for that whatsoever. In fact, President Reagan went through a rigorous annual physical and mental uh, tests uh, for every year he was in office, as well as for the five years after he left, left office when he went to uh, the Mayo Clinic uh, annually to get his checkups there. It wasn't until 1994 uh, that President Reagan was uh, determined to have the earliest stages of Alzheimer's, and he indeed lived another 10 years um, after that fact uh, with Alzheimer's, but it was five years after he left office before the president really started, uh, you know, experiencing the early stages of the disease. Well, and we know it's a, it's a tragic disease that uh, exists by the thousands in this country, and it has a predictable course. And the, and the usual time span for that. Uh, the, the fact that it's an issue today with President Trump that Ronald Reagan is being called into question, 
why why is that? Why do you think President Reagan is being dredged up at this point for, well, for uh, that purpose? In the process of President Trump uh, having to prove he had all his mental faculties about him a couple of months ago, um, he um, uh, brought forth to the White House, to the press room, his doctor, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, and the doctor, in an hour-long um, question-and-answer session with the national media, was thrown a hypothetical from a reporter from CBS News. And this reporter essentially um, uh, asked Dr. Jackson, well, we want to make sure that you don't make the same mistake with President Trump as was made with President Reagan. Uh, wasn't President Reagan uh, not, uh, you know, um, with himself, and didn't he have not have all his faculties together as president? And rather than simply strike that question down, the, unfortunately, Dr. Jackson took the hypothetical oh, and boy. <laughs> made the statement that, well, uh, if President Reagan were debilitated in an office, then uh, dot, dot, dot. And, and unfortunately, that caused renewed speculation, uh, renewed myth over President Reagan's health and it was unfortunate the doctor answered the question in that way, but he did, and so we, we had to spend a few weeks once again putting that myth to rest. Uh, well, uh, it, it sounds like you know those are issues that are going to be with us for a while as long as uh, Donald Trump uh, keeps making headlines with his style of being president, and we'll see if those uh, comparisons are still made. Well, tell us a bit about the... Uh, uh, the Reagan Foundation in, in the last couple of minutes we have. I'm, I'm curious as to what all you're doing, and I, I think I read that the uh, number of visitors per year is uh, just astronomical. What, what's going on? Yeah, the, well, the Reagan Foundation, it sits atop a mountain um, uh, at the Reagan Library, and uh, the Reagan Library is the most visited and largest by far of all the presidential libraries in the United States, so we get about a half a million people a year, and uh, the Reagan Foundation, it's the only uh, nonprofit organization established by President Reagan after he left, left office, and its mission is to carry forward his work, his unfinished business. So uh, we do many, many things at the Reagan Foundation in addition to uh, our support of the Reagan Library, and we provide, oh, for example, millions of dollars in college scholarships every year to, uh, uh, to you know, young, uh, promising youth that... Uh, uh, um, that are, um, you know, leaders in their communities, and we uh, have a, a, an enormous uh, public speaking program here that includes uh, uh, presidential debates and major authors, and um, we have uh, special exhibits uh, all the time. We just had a recent uh, major exhibit on the Titanic and the discovery of the Titanic. So um, it's, a, it's a very active place where we have people from all over the world pulsing in and out of here every day visiting and learning uh, not only about uh, who President Reagan was but what he stood for and and if we do our job right we'll uh, carry the president's philosophy and his vision into the future. Are you planning any time to get back to Washington and back into the, the Washington way of bureaucracy and life and government? Uh, interesting question Nick. Uh, I personally am not but uh, uh, we um, um, have, in fact, uh, opened uh, Reagan Foundation offices in Washington, D.C., and uh, um, this is not to say we're going to create a Reagan Library East, but we are going to be uh, conducting program and, and programs and uh, having events and uh, 
uh, in Washington in order to, you know, uh, in a, you know, I'll state this very loosely, to bring Ronald Reagan back to Washington, D.C., in a sense, and that we want to make sure that decision makers there arguing over these contemporary issues keep President Reagan's basic philosophy in mind, and his philosophy is all about smaller governments and more freedom for the individual. Well, I, I could picture something like that with a lot of video uh, kiosks set up around with uh, a lot of audiovisual opportunities to hear the voice of Ronald Reagan and the uh, great communicator. That's right. In fact, we plan to have a mini museum that will open there in, uh, in the next couple of years um, with uh, authentic Reagan artifacts. But just as you say, you know, we're going to take advantage of all the technology that we can to uh, make sure people are reminded of President Reagan's vision and what he stood for. Well, thank you very much. John uh, Highbush, thank you so much from the Reagan Foundation. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Sunday, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do the preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. See website for details. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, my glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text TRY to 350-350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text TRY to 350-350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's T-R-Y to 350-350. Even though the 4th of July is behind us, every July is our Independence Month. Become a patriot. Declare your independence from big mobile companies. Break free from big mobile's hidden fees, the line charges, the complicated pricing. Start celebrating simplicity with Patriot Mobile. And the pricing is simple and straightforward. Patriot Mobile also covers your switching and installment fees as a contract credit, up to $1,500 per account when you join. And from each Patriot's bill comes a contribution to the vital donations of conservative organizations that fight for freedom every day. What a great month to remember that. This month, enjoy a new Motorola E4 or an E4 Plus smartphone for only $4 a month. Save over 40% on this terrific water-resistant phone, perfect for summer, and help bring about conservative change. Independence has never sounded so liberating. Don't wait. Offer only available while supplies last. Make the switch today by calling 1-800-A-PATRIOT or by visiting www.patriotmobile.com forward slash you. That's patriotmobile.com forward slash you. Be a patriot. Switch. Make conservative change happen every time you use your cell phone. Patriot Mobile, your new cellular resource for patriotism. 
diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Find the place that you can call home with help from OFA. The Ohio Housing Finance Agency provides down payment assistance, lower interest rates, and more to help Ohioans purchase the homes of their dreams. OFA also funds the development of affordable housing across the state to help families, seniors, and individuals find safe, quality housing. For more information on how OFA can help you, visit our website at www.ohiohome.org. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, aired by the OAB and this station. The Bob France Authority is on The Answer. Weekday mornings at 9. This is AM 1420. The Answer. WHK Cleveland. A service of Salem Media Group. The NASDAQ at SALM. AM 1420. The Answer. WHK Cleveland. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.